welcome to Random Gaming Talk, it's Entertainment Talk's podcast for video games. I'm your host Matthew, joining me today, my co-host is Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing good, how are you doing today? Doing alright, doing good. Got some interesting things to talk about today. Uh, what have you been playing? Uh, mostly Valhalla. I kind of understand your point to that you were talking about to where it's not an Assassin's Creed game really anymore. <laughs> and I do think I might like it more if that part wasn't part of the game itself but then if it wasn't part of that game itself then it would not have the draw initially that it had right um there hasn't really been a whole lot of you know assessing the creed stuff it's mostly just me running around doing stuff which i'm cool with um it's really i'm i'm kind of concerned can uh, not blah, 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 blah. can't talk today i'm t- kind of intrigued as to get to the actual assassin's creed part in the game outside the animus um but i haven't had a trigger yet to do that so i don't know if i just haven't done enough in the main storyline to get there or if i'm not tracking the assassins down which so far i've tracked down all the ones that i could so okay interesting yeah um i'd be interested to see in the live action tv show uh how much assassin's creed stuff they actually do and how much animus stuff because they Aside from the film that they made being pretty boring and whatever, which I didn't actually finish, uh, there was a lot of Assassin's Creed stuff in there, and there was... Because uh, the Animus was entirely different in the film. It was this sort of, like, thing that picked up Michael Fassbender. Instead of him laying down in a machine, which is what the characters normally do, uh, like a Matrix-style thing, it was just a bit different. But um are you enjoying it overall, though, so far? Yeah, overall, it's pretty good. Um... It's like one of those things that the story outside the animus I don't really know that much about because I had I didn't play Origins or Odyssey, mm-hmm. um, so I know I'm missing a lot of context. But it's just one of those things that you know until I can get some triggers going for the uh, that game stuff, I don't really have a way to go. Yeah, it sort um, of, it sort of feels like the route that the story's taken from both sides is the actual Assassin's Creed part, so like the ancestor part, is like an anthology now. And mm-hmm. then it seems like the actual, uh, the modern day story is just uh, been transferred over to Lila, which again, they've been going at a snail's pace for years um, with that. But yeah, in terms of, I don't know that there is much that you need to know from Origins and Odyssey. There might be some stuff later on in Valhalla that you maybe need to that like comes up to where you need to know certain things but for the most part for what I know about the Valhalla story like the actual uh, Vikings part of it I don't think you need to know that much about uh, the other two games but I I could be wrong so yeah and it's more of uh, the out of the anima story I mean technically it's not even an ancestry because at least from what I gathered of the part that I did see um, Lila's not actually related to any of the characters she just found their dna and is splicing it into the animus machine to access it yeah which kind Um, of which kind of goes against the story idea because the original story idea is desmond goes into this thing um learns from his ancestors Ezio and altair and connor from uh assassin's creed 3 um learns their skills through all the assassin stuff that you do in the uh old timeline thing like the you know, olden day timeline thing. And then there was supposed to be the bleeding effect, which is basically where, because he's plugged into this thing and experiencing their life, he learns their skills and the bleeding effect is 
those being transferred onto him, like the 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 knowledge and the everything that he's learned, uh, not just the assassin skills, but the actual past history of the Assassin's Creed, and then he was supposed to take that into the modern day and use that to kind of win in quotes, um, which sort of didn't really go anywhere. And that that's to me where the story kind of fell apart was they 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 did actually do that for five games maybe because they did that in the first one the second one brotherhood revelations three um and maybe one of the other games as well but those are the games that i remember actually sort of being tied into you know that that being part of the actual original story idea so um because I, I think in the in the short uh piece of valhalla that i played i think it's sean or rebecca one, one of the two of them does mention to lila something about the bleeding effect but it's just not really been used as effectively as what it was with desmond so mm-hmm. again I, I don't know what they're doing with the story now so which has made me lose uh kind of my interest um that's everything you've been playing roughly yeah um i did purchase star wars squadron because they're doing a week-long early black friday sale and it was uh, down to 20 bucks so i went ahead and grabbed it it just hasn't shown up yet okay cool so uh look forward to that when that arrives uh, returned to uh, Call of Duty after two weeks um, away. N- nothing about the game like sort of pushed me away from it. I just wanted to play other stuff, and uh, you know, was playing Watch Dogs, and of course Assassin's Creed and other things. Um, it was very, very weird because for a game that I've been playing for a year, um, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, I'd sort of lost all my muscle memory. Not like forgotten the controls. I knew the controls, obviously, but that sort of muscle memory of like just the just the actual flow of the game had sort of gone and that was a very very strange experience to uh, to go back in after 2 weeks and like m- remember how to play the game but like my muscle memory of what certain ways to aim with certain guns certain ways that you can use equipment and things like that uh, like certain little tricks and things maybe um most of it was kind of gone it's it's sort of come back now cuz i've played a, a few hours and stuff um, it was actually a bit weird as well because I found one of my teammates online last night. I invited him, and he didn't know who I was. So uh, yeah, maybe people are starting to forget me after just just two weeks. Um, I did play with somebody this morning on the game, and they they recognised me. So uh, not everybody's forgotten me, which is good. Um, kind of noticed. Speaking of just Call of Duty in general, um, it does on your friends list say like who's playing Cold War. Not many people actually are, and uh, one of my teammates who brought the game and decided to start playing it said that it just wasn't very good. I'm seeing some like complaints about Cold War Online. It's just really basic. It doesn't really do anything special. Um, there's like problems with the game and stuff. And uh, I didn't actually look into it, but there was this post about a Reddit thread of where people are like complaining about the game and stuff. So I don't know all of the problems that the game has got on it. It just sort of seems like the general consensus is that um, Black Ops Cold War is just sort of boring to people. Um, which, I, I don't know, when you take the, the Cold War era and then you take the Modern Warfare era, at least to me, the Modern Warfare era is so much more interesting and just so much better. I remember when I played the beta, the very, very limited amount of the beta for Cold War that I played, and it just seemed very bland and very basic. So uh, that seems to be the consensus for the games, So um, or for, for, for this new game. So it seems like most of my friends, because remember I, saw, I said months ago, didn't I? about when the PS5 mm. is going to come out and like I wasn't quite sure what to do and I didn't want to play two different Call of Duty games it seems like the majority so like maybe 90% at least when I looked online last night 
mostly everybody was on Modern Warfare still. So um, I'm, I'm not planning to get Cold War anytime soon. I both don't really want to play it. And it seems like my friends who I played the game with, they've not really... Like, a few people have kind of hopped between the game or some people have gone over to Cold War. But uh, very, very, very few seem to have actually done that. So we'll see. Um, but yeah, I guess that's kind of my dilemma solved with that which is just stick to modern warfare and keep playing that with certain people um the one really disappointing thing that uh, i came back to was uh, i remember when i came off the game two weeks ago um actually two weeks before that so about a month ago they'd done an update for the game and somehow they patched out the ability i think i talked about this on the podcast they talked uh sorry they patched the um ability in cyber attack to uh revive your teammates it's not in there anymore and i came back and i thought oh surely there's like a little update or they've patched it in no it's still not back in the game um i was talking to a few different people yesterday about the situation and uh they said oh with the new update it will arrive and i was like what as if it's like a new feature or something like it just yeah it's a bit weird but uh other than that the game is working fine i haven't really had any lag problems or anything um it's just the one little thing that's kind of not been patched back into the game um so yeah that's pretty much the situation with that uh started watchdogs legion um was it the weekend or something just before the weekend i think maybe on friday i got the game uh, I'm enjoying it quite a lot. It's quite good. And uh, it is kind of both fun, cool and sort of surreal to be uh, in playing a game uh, based in London. Um, it's based in like a futuristic version of London where um, I remember before when they said about the plot of the game, it was supposed to be like a post-Brexit sort of thing. It's mm-hmm. not really post-Brexit. Like th- this hack thing has sort of happened. Uh, I don't want to go too deep into like, the story and everything, but... Um, Brexit's not even, like, mentioned yet in the game, uh, at least not from what I've sort of noticed. Um, it's basically this, uh, this group did something, I don't want to say who they did it to or why they did it or whatever, and basically the government decided to be, like, extreme and ruthless and everything and start having drones and, like, armed soldiers and things like that to, uh, not really protect London, but sort of, um yeah uh sort of just take it over i guess is is the word i may be looking for and uh, it's kind of strange to because we don't really have i mean people have guns in this country but not really like as much as what america kind of does and stuff and uh it's kind of strange to go around a london that i recognize and see like drones and futuristic cars and uh police that now have like uh the army sort of armor and things like that and they have machine guns and things it's it's kind of strange um and if you look around in the game and everything uh by the um underground stations and everything which you can you can use for fast travel basically which is quite good uh they do like face scans on people and stuff and it's like the, the government in 2020 wouldn't wouldn't be first of all even if they said they were going to do something like that they probably wouldn't they probably fail at doing it but um yeah it's kind of surreal to walk around a london in a game that's sort of like that but uh you know there's a london eye there's big ben there's taxis and things like that uh the mistake i kind of made as well because i've played so many american games and i'm used to driving on the right side i don't know if you know this but over here we drive when you're driving well forward uh you drive on the left side um because you have it on the right side over there don't you when you're when you're driving on the road um 
so we have it yeah. Sort of, yeah we have it changed over so I was I got into the car for like the first time and I was like wait why is the traffic coming towards me I was like oh yeah this is based in based in the UK and I had to change over to the other side of the road um which I should have kind of remembered because I live in this country but just in terms of a, a video game getting into a car I'm just so used to being on the right side of the traffic uh, but that was pretty yeah. cool. I uh, found Piccadilly there as well, um, which is still modelled really well. Uh, I think I've mentioned this before, Piccadilly is a map that's also on Call of Duty. So uh, in both games it's modelled pretty well. So um, I would say if I was going to sort of give a sort of grade to, the, to this game, it's an above average game. Um, it's got some things that don't really work. It's got some things that... Are quite fun. I, I'm 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 having a lot of fun with the game. It's not like blowing me away. It's not like the game of the generation or anything like that. Uh, it's a pretty above average sort of game. Um, in terms of the recruitment thing, which is the new sort of feature for this game, basically what you've got is uh, kind of a little bit what I predicted, which is that your main story characters are kind of behind the computer in their base kind of thing so they can't really well they might die in cutscenes or whatever like some of them do some of them don't and that sort of thing uh you walk around basically as a red shirt character and you go through the street and recruit people you have to do missions in order to get them to join deadsec so you can't just kind of walk up the street and spam the recruit button and recruit like 30 people to your to your team you have to do missions and they have things that like they're not happy uh, about the government that they've done things that they've done to them and you kind of say like hey i'm from dead and we can help you out and uh after you've done the mission they kind of thank you and everything and then they usually join dead uh, there's actually people that um when you when you uh highlight a uh, npc player um it says like a thumbs up or a thumbs down as to whether they do or don't actually like dead sick so you can you can still recruit those people but it just takes a bit more effort sort of thing uh any questions about watchdogs or anything uh no i mean I, that's where we were kind of thinking where the story would go on that yeah. um so i'm not overly shocked at that um speaking of driving yeah that would make sense because i can't imagine especially this year that you actually have gotten out and driven anywhere so much, so it's probably easy to forget about that. <laughs> uh, you have heard the theory as to why it's flip-flopped with the driving. Why is that? Uh, because England in that area, you know, combat, mounted combat, you know, jousting, that kind of thing, people are predominantly right-handed, so you're going to be want somebody on your right to do that. Whereas in the States, it was more, you're, we're already in the, you know, the, in the gun era, and so you're on the left because you want the driver as a basically a human shield to where you're shooting anybody from the passenger side. That's why the the passenger side is called shotgun. You you call shotgun oh. to claim dibs on that is because that's where <laughs> the person with the shotgun would be fending off the bandits. Right, right. Yeah, because you also have the steering wheel on the other side, don't you? I think yeah so yeah because you have yours on the left we have ours on the right so mm-hmm. yeah it's a bit changed over but um yeah I mean I'd like more games to be set in in London and in different parts of London as well uh you know we're not as anywhere near as big as America but uh you can set it in like Scotland or Newcastle or down in Wales somewhere because uh, this is like central London where like Big Ben and everything is so um it's kind of cool, uh, but yeah, I'm I'm enjoying the game. It's not like fantastic, but I'm I'm having a lot of. It's always been fun, no matter, no matter which Watch Dogs game it is, whether it's One Two or Legion. 
Um, I've always had fun, like, hacking stuff and, like, distracting people. And um, it's always quite satisfying. Like, if someone's shooting at you or something and there's a car near them and, like, trying to get, trying to hack that car and get it to, like, crash into them or something or setting, uh, like, explosive traps for people. Um, Watch Dogs has always been really, really fun with that. So I've enjoyed that side of the game as well. Um, so, yeah, and especially, like, if you're in a... Um, chase and stuff like a car chase and you're trying to drive away from an enemy or something and you can like change a car to drive um in their way or like uh, do something do something else like that or raise the barriers or something uh, that's always been quite fun so yeah I've, I've enjoyed it it's been uh, it's been pretty good so far um don't know how long i've got left of the game but i do want to finish it soon because there's a lot of games to play at the moment and uh, cyberpunk is coming out soon so uh, that's everything we've been kind of playing uh, let's move into some housekeeping we'll see you for that in a second Hi there and thanks very much for listening. Today I'm here to tell you about our two different affiliate links. The first of which is our Amazon affiliate link. That's where you can shop on Amazon. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you anything extra. So whether you're get getting a gift for somebody else or treating yourself or maybe both depending on the occasion. We can get a small cut of what you spend but it won't cost you extra. You can find the link to our Amazon affiliate link in your show notes the second affiliate link for today is our koalu affiliate link if you want to get started with a website and a domain name of your choice you can simply sign up with koalu using the link in the show notes they also have a live chat support system that's in the bottom right hand corner as well so if you need help with getting set up koalu will be able to help you with that as well the links for both of these can be found in your show notes for Kualu and the Amazon affiliate link. If you would like to get the ad-free versions of Entertainment Talks podcast and support us along the way, you can simply sign up over on our Patreon page. You can sign up either as a creator or as a patron. There's no difference there for the time being. And you can get your ad-free podcasts over there. It's a great way to support us on Entertainment Talk and to get rid of the ads and get your ad-free podcasts. You can also support Entertainment Talk on Patreon at the $3 level tier. This gets you a chance to request a review from us of your favourite TV show or film. But it's one per month. So one TV show or film review per month. It's up to you which one you want to choose. We will watch a few episodes of the TV show that you choose. Or of course if it's a film we'll just watch that film And we will review that for you on that month. And then when it gets to the next month, you can request a new TV show or a film review of your choice. That's $3 level tier. That does also, of course, include your ad-free podcasts for the month as well. Thank you very much for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. Uh, Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, what have we got here? Uh, Let me just scroll down the website. Uh, Fear the Walking Dead has now finished for its mid-season finale. It will be back uh, at some point next year. We know when the main show will be back, which is the 1st of March or the 28th of February, if you're in the States. But Fear the Walking Dead has got nine episodes for its second season, second half of season six, sorry. And uh, I'll be back at some point in 2021, whenever that's going to be, to talk about that. But season six, episode seven, in the mid-season finale, I covered that yesterday. Let's Play Sunday 62, which is the co-op video 
that uh, me and Robert did for Fall Guys. So that was pretty fun to do. And there will be more episodes coming out soon for Let's Play Sundays. Uh, United cast is back. Premier League football is back for better and for worse, I suppose. Um, but Manchester United beat uh, West Brom 1-0 at home. Uh, we beat a team 1-0 at home who haven't won a game all season. Uh, we did it through a penalty. Not a very good performance. Uh, but three points is three points, I suppose. Uh, Manchester United do play against Istanbul, the Turkish team, tonight in the Champions League. That is the fourth out of the six uh, Champions League group stage games. So I'll be back later tonight to discuss whatever happens in that game. Uh, did a podcast about the Last of Us TV series, the HBO upcoming TV series, and four reasons to be excited. There will probably be more reasons in the future, but for now, uh, four reasons particularly to be excited. It has been greenlit and ordered the series, so we will be getting a HBO Last of Us TV series adapted. Uh, it was in development uh, like a few months ago, and they've now ordered it to series and greenlit it. Uh, nobody's been cast as Ellie or Joel yet, but I'm sure that that process is ongoing uh so i talked about that uh, analyzing television do, did uh, two episodes of those the fifth one is uh talking about disney plus's weird reboot strategy there is quite a lot of reboots planned for disney plus i find that particularly strange given everything that they own and they don't really need to reboot these things but they are why is that happening and talking about the whole situation around that and listing a few different uh, properties that are getting rebooted for disney plus uh, did the podcast I meant to do a long time ago, I mentioned it on this podcast, um, how uh, Last of Us 2 and Crash Bandicoot 4 helped me and um, what those games kind of mean to me and stuff. Uh, I did, I think it was before uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 came out, I was going to do that podcast about Last of Us, but uh, I wanted to include Crash Bandicoot 4 in that little conversation. So if you want to hear about that, you can do as well. There's no spoilers for either game in that podcast because there was no need to get into any spoilers. Uh, analyzing television episode four talked about season and episode lengths what's a good length uh, of a tv season um how it differs between networks and streaming services which is differs quite a lot uh you've got advertising that's in some stuff not in other things etc and also talked about episode lengths what's a good length for an episode and how does that kind of fit into a season that sort of thing so i talked about all of that uh, Star Trek Discovery still continuing, season three, episode six. One of the best episodes for the whole series, not just for this season, but one of the uh, for the whole series. Really, really enjoyed that. That's continuing on Fridays, um, and then of course last week on um, Gaming Talk, we talked about Next Gen being here and PS Five, Xbox Series S and X, um, and then we also talked about the Game Awards uh, nominations for 2020 with Last of Us Two and Ghost of Tsushima dominating those. Um, and then of course we do have the Walking Dead World Beyond podcast. Uh, tomorrow we'll be having a look at season one episode eight. So check in with that uh, tomorrow as well. But that's everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms. Uh, what would you like to talk about this week? Well, first up, we've got a news announcement. Uh, Twitch co-founder Kevin Lynn is decided to leave the company. Uh, he was a co-founder uh, who served as a, as a streaming platform's chief operating officer from 2008 to 2018. 
Uh, he thanked everybody at Twitch, gave the, the constant answer we always seen, you know, spend more time with my family, mm. um, you know, spend more time on other project. Uh, he does say he's going to continue exploring a world where technology is a positive amplifier in our life. I will build again. Uh, the, co- the founding member... Uh, Kevin Lynn, Emmett Shear, Justin Can, Kyle Voigt, and Michael Seibel officially rebranded Justin TV uh, into Twitch um, back in 2011. And of course, Amazon bought them in 2014 for a billion dollars. Uh, so that seems no worries. pretty cheap now. Now, yeah, but now at the time it, does, yeah. it was a yeah. it was a big advance, investment. Yeah. Um, so obviously, he's not going to be hurting for cash anytime soon. No. <laughs> um, and I'm wondering how much of this is involved with the insanity that has been going on with Twitch right now. I don't know if you follow Twitch news a whole lot. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Basically what it is is that for whatever reason, there's a mass, like a glut of DMCA strikes for Twitch right now. Like One article I read said uh, up until 2020, they were averaging 50 to 60 a year. Now they're averaging uh, 1,000 to 1,200 a week. Wow. Um, and they've come up with some really dumb takes too. Like we didn't talk about it because I didn't think it that worthy. But since he's leaving, um, somebody tweeted at their account saying, "Hey, Cyberpunk's coming out in a month. What do we do? How are we going to protect ourselves?" And their response was, "Mute your game audio." What? Yeah. Well, that's mute that, that. No, that that doesn't work. Yeah, and it doesn't get any better than that because even though some content creators like. Tim the Tatman, who we talked about last week, mm-hmm. um, literally deleted eight years worth of VODs. Um, completely emptied out his back catalog in fear of a DCMCA, DMCA strike, which you don't even really get a whole lot of notification as to why or the ability to really counter it. You just get three strikes and your channel shut down. Hmm. And the irony of that is, is that you can delete it, but technically that data is still on the server, so they can still issue a strike for a deleted video. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's a tricky world, um, you know, copyright strikes and that sort of thing. Um, throughout my history of making content on Twitch, YouTube, and uh, you know the website and the iTunes feeds and that, across all four of those things, so Twitch, YouTube, iTunes, and then websites. Although the websites mine anyway, um, I've only ever had I think two copyright strikes on videos. I think that was for uh, when I did a FIFA stream like two years ago or something and uh, there was like music in there and that got caught that got caught for for that um and all it said was like this video won't be available in some countries and that was basically it i've never had a message about like a dc is it dcma i think that's what it's called isn't it digital digital millennial copyright act yeah dmca then yeah um yeah i've never had like any messages or emails about anything like that um and, and see, it, the problem is, is that you can make a claim without specific, without specifying um, timestamp, what the item is, and why you have the rights to it. You can just say strike, and just throw a strike against somebody's channel. Yeah, yeah. See, it's, it's funny because, like, uh, with the Pez streams that I've been doing lately, which both do go on Twitch and on YouTube, they have music in those games. There's like music in the menus and that sort of thing. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'm lucky because I haven't had any like strikes or, or anything. Because I've seen some stuff on Twitter about, you know, uh, people getting messages saying like, hey, if you get one more strike, your channel will be like permanently deleted, which is just crazy to even think about. 
so um yeah i'm pretty i'm pretty lucky on that front i don't know why that has happened to me i haven't had many or any sort of strikes or anything but uh i guess it's a good thing at the end of the day um because i don't think it's down to like okay sure i'm not the most popular content creator in you know on the internet but i the content's still there um so i don't know but uh i guess that's a, a good thing that i haven't been sort of striked for anything yeah i mean you know if you've been working for twitch and which is tied into amazon and all that um i'm sure you have been fairly well paid and stuff i mean you know that might not be completely true throughout the whole company but uh just kind of my assumption based on how well those two things have have done especially amazon as well because you know with all the prime stuff that they get and you know the streaming service and everything else so um i mean your company has to be doing pretty darn well if you've got a full like television studio your own streaming service um where you've spent a lot of money um and then you've got like amazon warehouses your own delivery service your own amazon website that sort of thing um that is definitely not cheap to run so uh yeah they've they've done very very well obviously so uh yeah good luck to him i'm sure it is just you know sometimes it's just a case of these people want to move on do something else and uh yeah i know i know you kind of always get the cliche statement about you know i just want to spend time with my family and stuff and that sort of thing uh might just be true i know it sounds very cliche that they want to do that but uh you know actors do the same thing um and uh and these things just kind of happen so we, we sometimes people forget that sure there's you you know you've got actors and you've got people that work at game studios and that sort of thing these people are still humans that do have children and families at the end of the day um they're not just you know machines that uh film stuff or make stuff all the time they do have lives outside of that so it's important to remember those sorts of things um because it's interesting with uh just a sort of side example, uh, Melissa Benoist, who plays Supergirl, uh, which is going to be ending next season, and uh, one of the reasons is because she's going to be, ha- she's either had or going to have uh, a child with Chris Wood, uh, who was in the show as well, um, not Chris Wood, sorry, um, the guy that she's with now, I can't remember his name, uh, played Monel in the show, um, she's leaving to like go and raise her child and stuff and people are like oh but she can still come back and work on the show it's like she's been doing it for six years just just let her move on and you know raise raise a family she's a human being at the end of the day so it's just important mm-hmm. to remember those things so um these people are not machines um same with me and you you know we have families we have other things that we do outside of podcasting uh so that is that is life um but i think that pretty much covers that what else did you want to talk about today well, we'll stick on DMCA because we've got a late and surprise entry of Dick Move of the Year by a company. Uh, this was actually Nintendo, believe it or not. Yeah. Stiff competition. This, Pun intended. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I was waiting to see if you get that. Um, yeah, so Twitch streamers um, in non-U.S. countries got um, Hyrule Warriors Age of Calamity early because for whatever reason the U.S. Uh, launch date was the 20th. But various countries like Australia, Europe, and Japan released date earlier, which makes sense. Um, you know, it's a Japanese company. It makes sense it's going to come out in Japan first. Mm-hmm. And so they were streaming the game, as you do, and they started receiving uh, DMCA takedowns for a game that they purchased or got, however. It's not a, you know, a banned game. It just they were doing it a couple, three days ahead of the U.S. release, and they got hit with strikes. And these aren't just like randos either. Uh, Twitch partner Linkus7 and Nintendo brand ambassador Miss Kylie 
are among the numerous people who receive strikes. Nintendo doesn't know that. Yeah, and it's literally just um, they did it ahead of the U.S. release. It's not, you know, playing copyrighted music. It's not that kind of thing. Uh, it's just they did it early, hmm. uh, early relative to the U.S. And this is not new. Nintendo's had a long history of not liking streamers. Yeah, it's not a good history. Like for the longest time. Yeah, for like the longest time, if you were like a, a YouTuber or a streamer and you were using Nintendo content, for each video you had to give half the revenue back to Nintendo. That's why you didn't see that kind of content mm. until very, it's, very recently. It's not like they've not made millions of off of the actual sale of that game or anything. You know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I did look up, by the way, is Chris Wood, the guy that I was talking about. Because um, she had her ex as well that she's not with anymore. I couldn't remember if it was his name or the other guy's name, but it is Chris Wood. So just to clear that up. Um, yeah, Nintendo has had a very weird and bad history, let's be honest, about um, you know just striking people on Twitch or YouTube or whatever. Uh, it's just kind of interesting to me because you mentioned a, a Nintendo ambassador in there. That sort of mm-hmm. sounds to me like the equivalent of, let's say today, Marcus Rashford. Uh, let's say he got like a new May United kit or like May United face masks or something, which you can actually get, by the way. Um, and he made like a video showing them off and then Man United themselves went and like striked the video. That sort of sounds like that kind of equivalent. I know he doesn't, well, technically sort of works for Nintendo, I guess, but he's very, you know, he's connected to the company at least and sort of uh, does things for them. Um, but that is, that is very, very strange. Um, it never really seems like... Because obviously people have called Nintendo out in the past for for doing this sort of thing, but it never really feels like Nintendo's tried to control it or tried to cut down on it. They've just sort of this 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 is just my perspective of it. It seems like they've just kind of bluntly ignored what's been going on because this has been going on for a very very long time. Uh, Nintendo's history with doing this sort of thing, um, and it just continues here. What do you think of the situation? Yeah, I mean the DMCA stuff is nuts. I mean we never we didn't talk about this when it happened earlier, but uh, Herman Lee, who is the lead guitar player for Dragon Force, had his Twitch account with a seven day ban for playing Dragon Force songs on Twitch, mm. and he's a member of Dragon Force. Now he just plays Among Us, which the world's going insane, dude. <laughs> yeah, I think that happened uh, a little while ago. <laughs> yeah, so. Uh, Alright, that's that from uh, Nintendo. Uh, What else did you want to talk about today? Uh, The third thing I have, and unfortunately we're still on this DMCA thing because, of course we are. That's the world that we live Uh, in. We had a uh, Night City Wire last week, the final one they announced until the game launches, and they were adamant in the uh, Night City Wire that the game has gone... uh, uh, that the December 10th date will not change because they said that repeatedly in there. Mm. Um, this Night City Wire focused on music and the various bands, a lot of them, you know, independent, a lot of them original tracks, things like that. Um, they also talked about DMCA and music, and they said that there is a toggle and a setting feature in the game to disable copyright music. Uh, this will not disable all games, it'll just flag. Uh, songs in the game that they think could be subject to a strike and then just take those out of the playlist hmm. yeah it's uh, kind of it's kind of got me thinking a little bit right you know that guy i can't remember his name you know the guy from stadia the other week that said about like oh you should pay like a license fee on top of the fee for oh yeah that that idiot yeah 
Uh, I don't know his name, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, when he said all that about, like, you should not only buy the game, which costs sometimes $60, because you can buy games for cheaper than that, obviously, uh, if they've been out for a while or whatever the case may be. Um, you know, if you buy a $60, $60 video game or $70, as some of them are now, because we're in the next generation, um, and then pay a license fee on top of that, and then people uh, that included me said, like, well, you're you you shouldn't really have to do that because you're essentially giving free advertising to this game because if viewers come and watch you play the game they think it looks cool they'll go and buy it and then you've done the advertising job for them um i sort of feel like with music that the same thing probably should apply because you know people go and look up music from games that they've heard or they hear hear a cool song that kind of clicks with them um, that's, that's happened in maybe a cool moment of a game, and then they'll go and maybe listen to that. It sort of feels like the same. Uh, it sort of feels like the same should apply with music that you shouldn't really get copyright striked or whatever you know, DCMA or DMCA um, striked for that because you you kind of doing the same thing for the music, which is giving that free advertising as well. Um, I might be wrong with that, but um, yeah, at least they've got the. I mean, that's. You know, muting copyrighted music just by toggling a button is much, much better than because they. Uh, what was it? Someone said mute the game audio, which yeah, that includes things like dialogue, which is important depending on what part of the story you're in, or you know, sounds from the game and sound design and that sort of stuff. Um, so yeah, this is a my argument aside. This is a significantly better option than just mute your game audio because uh, what you're supposed to do if you're a Twitch streamer, right? You're playing a game. You're in a dialogue scene that has maybe some lighter music in there. That music is copyrighted, and you're being told mute your game audio, which means that the dialogue that you're getting, which is probably quite important to what's happening in the game, uh, would get muted as well. So yeah, definitely a better option, I think. Um, what do you think? Yeah, with audio, it's always really kind of tricky because mm. for streaming services like Spotify or whatever they are, the artists don't get a whole lot of money when those are streamed. They get like a pittance. It's nothing. Um, and most of the artists don't even own the rights to the songs that they create. Those usually, depending on how the contract is and how famous the musician is, a lot of the times those music rights are owned by either the studio or the producer or somebody else that bought them away from that. There was somebody who got pissed off the other day because the rights to their songs were sold off without being informed of it and without having the chance to uh, um, buy them back. That was actually a really interesting beef a long, long time ago. In the mid-80s, um, Michael Jackson and uh, Paul McCartney collaborated on a song together, mm-hmm. and uh, Paul McCartney was talking about trying to buy back the rights to the Beatles songs, and then Michael Jackson just turned around and went, mine, and bought them. Hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a strange situation with all this copyright strikes and yeah. whatever else. So, and yeah. Cyberpunk's been a lot of up and down with their uh, with their uh, reputation and things going on with everything. So they did post in their uh, on their blog post. Uh, Cyberpunk will feature a beautiful, robust original score created by our in-house composers. So. The, as an aside, you shouldn't have to worry about those songs. In addition, you'll be able to listen to over 150 songs created by a by wonderful artists representing diverse genres, and we will con- we are confident that you will love the music played in the in-game radio. Um, if you run into any problems with a DMCA notice, uh, despite having the toggle on, 
please email us. And then they provide an email address. We will try to best help you as best we can. Hmm. So at least they're giving him an avenue other than going to Twitch. Who's not going to do anything at all. Right. right. Um, so a little bit, of, a little bit of good public. Well, there. So yeah, yeah. Seems like a seems like a better option. Certainly. Uh, I want to tie my cyberpunk stuff into here, seeing as we're on the topic of the game, and then we can go back to the rest of your stuff. Uh, cyberpunk. I don't need to say twenty seventy seven every single time. We we all know what game I'm talking about. Uh, cyberpunk copies are now in retail. There's been various uh, photos on you know social media, Facebook, Twitter, or whatever you use these days, TikTok, Snapchat, everything else. There's about fifty of them. Um, yeah, they're now on retail. There's been certain photos taken of them. Uh, the install size for the PS4 version, at least, because uh, someone took a photo of um, a copy of Cyberpunk in a shop somewhere, and uh, they said that this this version of the game, so the PS4 version of Cyberpunk, will be around 70 gigabytes, which I think is a good size, actually. I was actually expecting it to be a little bit bigger than that. Um, the game will also have the option to turn off nudity, uh, which is interesting. But, um, yeah, the size of the game, uh, did you expect it to be around that, something a little bit bigger? I expected it to be a little bit bigger, possibly. Yeah, I figured it would top out over 100, and maybe yeah. when the, enough people get the Series X or the Series S or the PS5 to where they can do that higher resolution and higher frame right. rate, it might top off on that. Yeah, that would make um, sense, yeah. Yeah, game size is going to be huge. One of the QR guys uh, from CD Projekt Red was having an interaction with Twitter, and somebody said, "How realistically, how big can we have this game? And so all he did was tweet out a picture of, of his in-game time, and it was like 175 hours. And they asked, are you 100% done? He's like, nope. <laughs> but he, being a QA guy, it's not like he's playing it you know, to, to 100% or platinum or to... Yeah. You know, do the thing. He's probably doing like the same quest, like seven, eight times in a row, trying to force a bug crash. Because mm-hmm. that's what you do in QA is you you have a section you play in game. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and try to get it to work. But still, if I had to ballpark it, my theory is that the the main story is probably going to be thirty to forty hours, and then all the side stuff. Who knows? That's, that's pretty long for a main story. I've seen a lot longer. Hmm. I mean, I mean, Witcher, I mean, Witcher Three is pretty long. Yeah. So going along with the same developer, that that kind of makes sense. Uh, Last of Us Two took an average of twenty to twenty-five hours. I did mine in about twenty-two. Uh, some people did their main story in like forty. They must have really been searching every corner. Uh, which yeah, fair and enough, that's the, you know that's the thing with like games like Last of Us Two. It's there's not a whole lot of open world exploration. It's a very tunnel focused game, which is fine. Those mm-hmm. have a place along with everything else. But yeah. this game from the start has been designed to be just this massive world where everything's interactive and everything is doable. And that'll really pad out the time. Mm-hmm. My hope is that there isn't just a lot of stupid collectibles. That's I, that annoys me for padding in games is just like collect a thousand bird feathers or collect a hundred <laughs> acorns or whatever. Yeah. How long would you say Ghost took you to finish? Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, I, I honestly don't know because I played it in chunks. I play like you know an hour here, two hours there. Mm. I'm sure there's a way to check that. I know with Xbox, I can just pull up the Xbox app and it'll show me. But I honestly don't know. I would have to ballpark it like twenty twenty five probably. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't really so. do a whole lot of collectible hunting. I just got it to the point to where my gear i didn't have to worry about a few things and then i just kind of let it go from there yeah 
Uh, but in terms of size of the game, um, yeah, so that's 70 gigs. That isn't like completely fully confirmed, I suppose. This is just some guy in a retail retail store. Uh, and it could change between now and the 10th. We don't completely know, but it's around 70 gigabytes, I guess. Uh, and that's, you know, the rough guess of a, a PS4 game these days. Um, so yeah, like we talked about last week, NBA 2K21 on PS5, so the next-gen systems, is 150. Call of Duty Modern Warfare on PS4 is 182, but 100 of that pretty much is Warzone. Uh, and then, yes, yeah, Cyberpunk is 70 on uh, PS4. I think Last of Us 2 is around 70-something um, on PS4 as well. So, uh, what do you think of the option to turn off uh, nudity in Cyberpunk? Uh, I'm glad it's there. I honestly don't know how much that'll get used, but I've always been a fan of more options to control what you see, especially in terms of, like, this game is going to be streamed a lot. Yeah. And nudity is a big no-no in uh, on Twitch platforms. Mm-hmm. So I think that's... They, they obviously had, you know, streaming in mind when they were setting up some of the game options. Yeah. It's good to do that for, like, you know, one of the most popular games of the year. Mm-hmm. So... Um, I mean, to me, I don't know if this is, like, my age and me getting... Well, we're all getting slightly older as time ticks on, because that's just how, t- how, t- how time works. Um, I kind of want to be told more mature stories. Now, what I mean by that is I don't require, you know, sex and violence or adult content to be in games. But if your story is going to have that and it's going to play a part in that story, I want that to be left in. Because uh, I've said before, with um, even with things like ghosts, you know, if you if you took all the uh, blood out of like Ghost of Tsushima or all of the uh, cult stuff, like if you censored that in Last of Us Two, you do get the same story, but maybe not maybe not just with this quite the same effect. Um, I do think that if you censor certain things, um, uh, I'm not saying like you know if if uh, is it. I can't remember the... Is it Jin? Yeah, the main guy from Ghost is called Jin, isn't he? I'm not saying, like, if he goes to behead someone, it has to cut away from that scene in terms of censorship. I'm just talking about, like, if he goes to stab someone or something like that and there's no blood, that's, like, censorship that doesn't really work for me. Um, Or if, like, if every time in Last of Us 2 one of the cult uh, characters went to do something and the camera just cuts to Ellie or something. So So you can kind of maybe hear the violence or screaming or something. Um, but you wouldn't see it. I think that in a story where it has a more, not a better effect necessarily, but more of an effect, more of a kind of immersive effect, you need to leave that stuff in the game because it's it's part of the world, isn't it? Like you look at something like Last of Us Two and all the, you know, it, you're already in a post-apocalyptic world, uh, like with the first one. Then you add these cults and all these new types of uh, infected and stuff. There's a lot of violence just in that on its own. Um, I don't think Cyberpunk will maybe be as violent as that. It doesn't seem like they're... I mean, this is more of like a fun technology kind of, you know, sci-fi kind of game. But still, if there's parts in the game where, like, you've got a sword blade and you've stabbed someone through the chest, or maybe you do, maybe you do decapitate, decapitate someone in uh, Cyberpunk, or, you know, if there's a sex scene or something and the characters are naked, I kind of just want that left in there because it's just part of the world. And uh, I want to be told... Um, or not be told more mature stories but if the story is intended to be like that then i want that left in uh, so i'm gonna leave the option off i suppose uh what are you gonna choose uh i haven't really decided yet that's one of those things that i gotta see the game in action more and see if it's really 
going to affect the story or if it's just there for the sake of being there. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've talked about this a couple times on different podcasts. It's not, you know, the sex or the violence that I have issues with. It's just the gratuitous nature of it. Is it there for the sake of being in there or is it relative to the story? Mm-hmm. Like there's a lot of blood and guts in Valhalla, but it yeah. was, that's what Vikings are like. So it'll ages. Well, that's what Vikings are like. That's what that age was like. It was, you know, not a peaceful time of, you know, dandelions and buttercups and singing with forest animals. It was a violent, brutal time. Mm -hmm. Same with ghosts. That was not the most peaceful era either. So that um, also was during a Mongol invasion. So a bit of violence there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Because, I mean, yeah. But then you get a movie like. Go Go on. Go ahead. Yeah. So I was going to say, then you get a movie like uh, Kill Bill, and that's just blood and gore for the sake of blood and gore. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, if you're making an 18-rated, or I suppose you call it R-rated over there, if you're making an 18-rated story about Vikings, you've got, you've got to expect some adult, you know, mature content in there, whether it is nudity or sex, or it is violence and stuff. Because, uh, again, if, if someone goes to, like, throw an axe at someone in Valhalla, and the camera cuts away to someone who's like you know there's not anything violent going on there then you are censoring the story in in a way um whether or not let, let's say someone has an axe thrown at them in valhalla and then for the sake of the story and maybe an emotional thing you cut over to a character who's maybe having an emotional reaction to that that kind of makes a little bit more sense but if you're doing it just to like oh cut quick cut away from the axe that's about to fly into someone's head then that's kind of censorship so again it depends on the story the character the situation uh, to, to me, so we shall see. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I'm ready to be told another mature story with uh, cyberpunk, with probably quite a lot of fun. So we shall see. Uh, let's go back over to you. Did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? Because that's pretty much the. Yeah, I have stuff. a, I have one more story. A new studio is fa- is being founded in Quebec, Canada. It's called Yellow Brick Games. Uh, you're not going to see a game out from them for a while because they literally just formed and they're still in the process of hiring staff. But the founders have uh, quite the resume in it. Um, The four founding members are going to be Thomas Giroux, who was with Ubisoft and worked on both Assassin's Creed and Watch Dogs. Jeff Skalski, who is a same pedigree, Ubisoft, Assassin's Creed. Are Are those the first games? Watch Dogs 1 and Assassin's Creed 1? The, that's the series they worked okay. on. Right. They worked yeah. on multiple games for the series. Uh, Frederic St. Laurent B, um, same pedigree. Um, but the, the big draw for this studio is going to be uh, Mike Laidlaw. He spent 14 years with EAO and Bioware, worked on Dragon Age Origins, Dragon Age 2, Dragon Age Inquisition, Mass Effect, and Jade Empire. Hmm. So that's uh, quite the resume for a game company. Uh, like I said, they don't have any games out yet. They're not going to have any games out soon because they formed this year. But they said they want to get back to basics when it comes to gaming. So I will hopefully we'll see something in a couple, three years that's just going to blow us away. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you've got Dragon Age meets Assassin's Creed meets Watch Dogs, uh, which is a fairly good combination. You've got some different genres in there uh and that sort of thing um yeah a few people then have left ubisoft and stuff which is which is interesting um but you know like like we said earlier with the the guy from twitch um people move on and work on on different games these things happen i mean after last of us 2 came out uh some people did leave naughty dog and they went to i think it was some microsoft studio or something um people just just move around it's not always because 
you know the company's bad or whatever sometimes they maybe just want to work maybe an opportunity has come up for that particular person they've been contacted by someone or you know they just decide to leave the company and start their own uh studio up so uh yeah good luck to them you know it's a competitive industry uh certainly and uh i wish them well with that um just did kind of make me wonder for a second there because with uh amy henning or henning yeah i think that's amy henning who uh worked on i think it was uncharted i can't remember if she worked on the first last of us definitely wasn't the second one uh but she was like a former naughty dog employee and of course there was all the saga with her and ea and star wars when a bunch of Star Wars games got cancelled. Um, she did leave EA to make a new studio. I can't remember if that was this year or last year. I think it might have been last year. But uh, I'm looking forward to seeing what comes out of that as well. Um, there's also the other... I think it's a studio in London it's supposed to be. Um, a Sony studio that formed three years ago or so. They were rumoured to be or supposed to be working on the next Uncharted game. Because uh, that news came out. It was definitely after Uncharted 4. I can't remember if it was before Lost Legacy. Which came out after. Or not. But um, yeah there's a few different studios in development I suppose. Uh, from some different people. But uh, I'm curious to see what Amy is going to be working on. At a new studio. So um, yeah what do you think of like, people moving around. And that sort of thing. Yeah I mean it's it's inevitable. I mean people yeah. change jobs from time to time. Um, you got creative differences. Because you know it's a creative industry with creative people sure. so that's always going to be a thing um past that hard telling really i mean it's just one of those things that uh until you see the end result you never know what it's going to be mm-hmm. yeah i mean you also had uh, i think i brought it up on last week's podcast the director of um halo infinite left and that game mm-hmm. was delayed now does that mean that he left because halo infinite has gone to shit because it's been delayed or is it just because maybe he's done his job there or i i don't i don't really know and so it's in another opportunity uh there was someone who was working on i think it was horizon it's forbidden west isn't it the new one uh i can't remember if they were the director or someone but someone left that game as well that game's obviously i think it's supposed to be next year isn't it we'll see if that actually lands um but it's not always for a bad reason you know sometimes people just want to move on either to different halves in their career so different studios or just something else in life so we'll see how it all works out i guess in another couple of years when all these studios that we just mentioned uh start uh, not bringing games out necessarily but start showing something of what they've worked on so we shall see uh you said that was the last thing you have to talk about yeah that's the last one i have cool uh the only other thing i've got to talk about um well there's two other things i did my game awards voting um which you know what i voted for last of us crash um alana pierce for the um is it content creator of the year i can't remember which mm-hmm. category she's in uh yeah that that one like the gamer thing of the year um voted for crash 4 voted for iron man uh i know you're not a big fan of like necessarily the game awards and stuff did you do any voting or are you or you're not uh not doing that no i didn't do any voting i didn't see the need to okay uh but yeah i did that uh, so just thought I'd add that in here. Uh, I tweeted out all the stuff that I voted on. So if you want to have a look at all that, uh, you can do so on our Twitter. Uh, the other news thing I've got to talk about is uh, Red Dead Redemption The Outlaws Collection has leaked on Amazon. Now this is supposed to be a PS5 uh, Series X game. I can't remember if it was listed for PS4. I think it was. Um, so it might be all four platforms uh, of the, of the new ones. Uh, it's obviously supposed to be a collection of uh, Red Dead Redemption One and Two, and probably of Undead Nightmare, which I haven't actually played. I need to go and do that at some point. 
this was uh, leaked on Amazon. Uh, usually these things are leaked on like Walmart and stuff, aren't they? Uh, for for the US. Mm-hmm. I remember when there was that big Bethesda leak a couple of years ago, and they they made a joke about it at E3. Um, some people are claiming this to be fake. I don't quite know. I did see the screenshot myself. I didn't actually go and look, but uh, that seems like a, a like a collection that makes sense. Um, what do you think? The first and second Red Dead for like new consoles and that. Yeah, I mean, if this is going to be like an HD upgrade to the first one mm-hmm. and then bring back the DLC, that's cool. Um, I really wish that I could have gotten more into that series than I did. I do own Red Dead 2. I just, the story, I just, I don't know what it is. It just doesn't click with me. But mm-hmm. that's that's a me thing. That's not anything else. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I know people are like super into that franchise. And I'm sure they'll be happy that if if that's true if that comes out mm-hmm. um i'm probably gonna pick up the uh mass effect original trilogy thing because oh, I, I am yeah. such a big fan of that it uh, honestly a lot of it's just gonna depend on the price to see you know how much that costs yeah hopefully i'll be able to just rent it i suppose yeah. um but yeah i mean this red dead collection the only thing i'd really want from it because i've played red dead one and two um and finished them and i'm i'm done with both games pretty much uh, is for the Undead Nightmare thing. If it is on there, I didn't quite see it listed. Again, if this thing is even even true. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, if I could play that on my PS4. Or if it comes out later to a point where I do have a PS5. Which I'm not planning on getting at the moment. Uh, then I'll go and play Undead Nightmare on e- either the PS4 or 5. Um, that's uh, cool to me. So um, it feels a bit weird at the moment with the PS5 because everyone's like, oh, I'm really trying to get hold of one. And, you know, there's scalpers online that are selling them and stuff. And I feel like I don't know if you're on maybe the same boat as me. I just feel like I'm I'm just I'm just going to wait until some point next year until um, like the, I'm looking forward to getting, you know, a new system, a shiny new si- system and one that runs better and has new games eventually on it. Uh, but I just haven't quite got like I've got no urgency at all to like go out and sort of get one or whatever um how do you feel about the that sort of situation at the moment yeah one uh like i talked about before in the podcast because of the points that i've built up on amazon um that's the only way i'm going to be able to afford it is to use that those points and pay about half of it with those points um but i don't have to have one right this second Mm. would i like one yes if i can get it purchased at the normal retail price through Amazon, will I do that? Yes. Do I need to overspend the scalpers? No. Screw those guys. Mm. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't buy one from a scalper, and I'd, I'd advise the audience not to do that either. Um, yeah, it feels like that situation where, like, it will be it will be that shiny new toy type of thing, but I, don't, I know that I don't need one, so I'm not going to try and go and get one. So uh, that's all the news that we got. A little bit lighter, perhaps, on news. We had a lot of cyberpunk discussion. Obviously, the game's out very soon, very much anticipated. Um, I think it is pretty much almost certain that it will be on uh, December 10th. If they they did, they just did a new uh, Night City thing and all that. And uh, I mean, sooner or later, could you? How much closer to December 10th can we get before, like, okay, press have to start getting this game for you know? embargoed reviews and things because this is a this isn't like a spider-man that you can finish in 
six or eight hours or something this is cyberpunk that needs you know a lot of coverage so um i think we're pretty much good with december 10th if that does completely happen uh let's move on to some emails and feedback for this week of course if you would like to send in your thoughts feelings questions comments or maybe concerns about video games or anything related to entertainment talk uh, matthew at entertainment twitter e talk uk there's a contact page and information in your show notes anita says uh have been playing um animal crossing for a few weeks and loving it it's been um a weird and quiet year for nintendo what do you make of it uh, I'm, I'm guessing she's asking us what what we make of nintendo's year so far yeah it's been a bit of a weird one i've said um quite a few times i think on the podcast of like they're not really haven't really done many directs this year if they have they've been like these mini directs that they've done which they have labeled as such and said like you know these are just some some indies that we're doing which indies are great and everything but uh they've not really had any really big announcements this year it feels like like the you know um breath of the wild 2 we haven't really had an update on we don't know when the next uh mario mainline game is going to come uh we did have like you know the live circuit game that came out we had the 3d all-stars uh collection which i have got by the way i forgot to mention that um you've got the the hyrule warriors thing that the prequel legend of zelda game which i have got that as well uh, i haven't started either of them but uh, i have got both of those uh so, and you know animal crossing which has sold a lot of copies and been nominated for game of the year so they've done more with less i suppose this year but they've still compared to playstation and xbox uh, i suppose because of maybe new consoles they've had a significantly quieter year than those two uh but what do you make of nintendo's 2020 yeah i mean to be fair outside of the fact that third-party publishers are starting to get their games on the switch they don't really have a whole lot going on they uh do make games every now and then but that's more of an aside than anything else mm-hmm. yeah and um, it's not something that their primary focus is yeah and like i've said in the past as well it's getting i feel like it's getting to that point especially with the next gen of games that they're gonna you're either gonna see older games come to switch so like ps3 360 type of games or um like earlier ps4 xbox one games uh come to switch because these these new games and even some of the later gen uh, PS4 Xbox One games uh, are not really going to be able to work very well on the Switch uh, unless you get like a Witcher type of situation where you know Witcher's a very big demanding game but they like scaled it they had to scale it down so much that you know I'm sure it's still great on the Switch and that and it's good if you're on the go and everything but um, yeah they're going to just get to that point where a lot of these new games coming out they're just not going to work on the switch uh very well if at all so uh they got some difficult decisions to make and everything Uh, i think at some point you you will have to make an upgraded version of the switch and hopefully the joy cons at some point uh whether it's like a switch pro or something because there's been rumors for probably a couple of years now about um that happening but uh, i think that maybe within the next year or two i think that you will probably see a uh a version of that come out uh do you think we might see one of them like a switch pro uh, I mean, we've talked about it before on the podcast about the rumors of the Switch Pro. Yeah. Um, I, I don't doubt it eventually that it'll come out. Um, how soon that is, you never know. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but interesting year for Nintendo. Beth says, hey, Robert. I have been playing that Graveyard Keeper and very much enjoying it. Thanks for the recommendation. 
Um, she doesn't mention if she got it on Game Pass. I don't know if it's still on Game Pass or if she. It's not. It or okay, she must have maybe. Maybe she brought it, or maybe no, she wouldn't have been able to play it if it's not on Game Pass. Uh, so I'm assuming that she brought it. Um, yeah, somebody likes the game that you recommended for them. Yeah, like I said, it was just came out of nowhere. It's yeah. not on Game Pass, but I, I think it's part of the Black Friday Cyber Monday sale that's going on right now with the Xbox. So. I don't know about PS4 or PS5. I don't know if it's on that platform or not. I don't think it uh, isn't. I don't know. I know that's kind of a roundabout way to say that, but as far as I know, it's not exclusive to the Microsoft console, so mm-hmm. I just found it on Game Pass. So Yeah, that's a game that could easily work on Switch as well. So, oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Again, if you, it's, it's weird with Switch because, like, okay, you can get Witcher 3 running on Switch, um, like a very scaled down version. So whenever we do look at these smaller games, things like Graveyard Keeper, and go, oh yeah, that will that will work on the Switch. That's not too demanding. Um, you still manage to get Witcher Three on there. So yeah, it's a it's an interesting mm-hmm. situation. Uh, Harrison finishes off the ep- episode. Says, hey fellas, hope you are well. We both are doing well. Thank you very much. Uh, been gaming a lot with my son lately, but want to invest some time um in TV with him. Any recommendations? Um. I'm not gonna. I'm not saying this in any sort of sarcastic way, but there is a little service called Disney Plus, which is available, uh, I think, worldwide now. I have heard that it's been like recently released in like Brazil and that sort of stuff. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, you should have it available to you. Uh, obviously, Mandalorian's a good example. Um, they've got just tons of uh, you know family. Fr- I mean, the whole service pretty much is family friendly, isn't it? So. Um, yeah, it you, definitely you... is, and there's a ton of stuff, especially a ton of archive stuff that. Yeah, but well, especially were. for you, Matt, um, you wouldn't have never seen, you never would have seen the the '90s Spider-Man cartoon. That's really, really yeah, good. That's on there. Uh, Disney did a series called Gargoyles. Um, definitely worth checking out. That's a really good show. Uh, basically, half the cast of Star Trek: The Next Generation does voices for characters on that show. Hmm. Um, uh, Marina Sirtis, uh, the guy that plays Riker, the guy that plays Worf. I'll do voices on that show. Regulars too, not just like one offs. Cool. Um Yeah, it's like some of the the nineties X Men cartoon show, that is phenomenal. That you absolutely have to see. It was really good. Mm-hmm. Um outside of that really that just kind of depends on your genre and taste. I mean, there's so many streaming services out, there's so many different styles of shows out. Mm. Um it really just kind of depends on what your mutual taste is um and go from there yeah and there may be situations as well where like he likes something that you don't or you like something that he does and you'd possibly have to watch things separately i know that you've said invested time with him so obviously that might be something you you might not want to do but uh yeah you know disney plus has got some great stuff as well you know if you if you finish the 90s uh spider-man animated show there's the 2016 one which i'm actually watching at the moment i'm I can't remember where exactly. So about like early season two somewhere. Uh, that's pretty good. Uh, you'll be surprised. I'm not going to spoil the, the the show, but you'll be surprised the characters that pop up in that. It's uh, it's pretty cool. So uh, that's that's a good one. Uh, there's probably you know good stuff on Netflix. Um, would you say Stranger Things? Probably. I can't remember how old he said his his son is, or if he's told us. I before. don't think I don't think he said or he's told Stranger Things definitely has its place um i think that shows more adults for adults and kids just because of how accurate the era setting is yeah 
it being in you know middle america in the 80s um and that yes yes correct 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 yes accurate through pretty much throughout the whole seasons now that that show does get a little intense um and a little dark at times so I'm not saying your kid can't handle it i'm just it's just one of those things that it's best to just know going in and not get shocked by it mm-hmm. yeah so uh, but there's a few recommendations there on netflix and uh mostly all of disney plus so just have a look out for mm-hmm. those um but yeah that's what we got for you for this episode of random gaming talk thank you very much for listening uh please let us know what you're playing let us know um what you think of what you're playing what you're looking forward to do you have a ps5 or xbox series s or x um yeah let us know uh what is going on in uh, your world in terms of gaming so uh, get in touch and let us know that would be pretty cool uh in the meantime you can find everything that we do on entertainmenttalk.org uh, tv video games films and Manchester United podcasts as well uh, so look out for all of that if you like what you've heard today and you want to get involved and you want to support what we're doing here on entertainment talk that would be great uh we are on patreon you can have a look at one dollar and three dollar level tiers for instant uh sorry for ad free and review options uh there is word of mouth you can simply tell people that you know about the website and the itunes feeds if you search for entertainment talk on your favorite podcast platform if we're not on your favorite podcast platform please let us know as well but please make sure to rate review and get subscribed so that you get sent new episodes social media you can do the same thing but through facebook twitter or whatever people use these days uh, or different facebook groups uh, consider using those as well uh, if you want speaking of tv and film if you want your up-to-date reliable tv and film news david's got you covered over on geektown.co.uk and of course if you search for geektown on podcast platforms uh, you can subscribe to Geek Town Radio and get your weekly news episodes. Those come out on Tuesdays. Look out for a new one later today. It should be released at some point today. Uh, over on the Twitch side of things, speaking of Twitch, which we've talked about in this episode, uh, Beck streams daily over there, over on Twitch. If you search for Trista Bytes, that's Trista, B-Y-T-E-S, go and uh, follow her over there for all that cool stuff. Uh, you can find me as well on Twitch, UK streaming lots of different games. Uh, I might do a stream tomorrow or on Thursday. haven't made up my mind yet, but uh, n- nonetheless, uh, follow that channel and you'll be notified when we go live. Uh, and uh, look out for Let's Play Sundays. Thanks very much for listening and we'll be back next time. Goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>